magic of public speaking takes you to the top, no more dreaming, makes you a world-class speaker, this a complete system, ain't nothing easier. Welcome, everybody, to Off the Cuff. I am Adam Banks. Thank you for listening to the show. And this is another episode of the Communication Lecture Series where I choose a communication topic and lecture over it. In this episode, I will be discussing speaking in groups. There are going to be times in your life where you might have to make a presentation with other people. There might be a situation at work. There might be a situation at school, but in your life, there might be a time when that has to happen. So I would like to talk about the advantages and what you should do when that does happen. If you know how to work well in a group, research shows that if you have experience working with a team, you improve your chances of getting a job. Uh, Once employed, if you establish a reputation as an effective team member, you advance your chances for promotions. So, what are some situations to where you might have to work in a group with someone? Well, let's talk about meetings. A meeting is often the best way for small groups to plan and carry out their collective work. It sounds simple, but there is a problem. The majority of businesses and professional people say the, that most meetings are very unproductive and a waste of time. So, fortunately, this problem can be solved. To have a productive meeting, a group leader and the participants should follow well-established principles of effective group communication. I'm going to explain these now. Let's talk about the responsibility of a leader. That is the person who is in control of the meeting. The first thing, the first responsibility that a group leader has is you need to make sure that you have a meeting. Don't just have a meeting just to have a meeting. Don't just have a meeting because every Friday is the staff meeting. A lot of meetings can be a waste of time. If it is something that can be sent in an email, just simply send it in an email. When you have meetings, you're taking your workers away from their workplace, and that time spent sitting there in a meeting, they could be out there in the field working because what you had to say could be could have been addressed in a short, brief email. So it could cause money for your company, and it's just a waste of everybody's time. So that's the first responsibility you have as a leader. You need to make sure there is even a need for the meeting. The second responsibility that you should have is you need to make sure the group members know the purpose and the scope of the meeting. In other words, they need to know why they are meeting. There should be no hidden agenda there. There should be no secret. You need to let the people in the meeting know why they're there. That allows them time to get questions prepared. That allows them time to... Maybe collect information that they know might they, that they might need for the meeting, so they need to know. The second responsibility is, as the leader, is you need to set the agenda and the length of the meeting. An agenda is a document listing what is to be accomplished during a meeting. If I could show you a sample agenda, I would, but I'm just going to explain it. It is basically a sheet that has all of the topics that's going to be discussed in the meeting. You should list all of these things on the agenda. You should ask input from the people in the meeting if there's anything that would like to be included on the agenda. For each item on the agenda, you should allot a certain amount of time beside the uh, piece of 
information that you're trying to go over. That will allow you to keep track of time management, make sure that your meeting doesn't go over the allotted time that you set out for the meeting, and it keeps the meeting moving along pretty smoothly. Also out beside the agenda item, you should have the name of the person talking about that item on the agenda. Sometimes it's always the group leader discussing every piece on the agenda. Well, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's other people in the meeting. So whoever is talking about a certain issue, you need to put their name beside of the item on the agenda. It is your responsibility as the leader of the meeting to start on time. Start your meetings on time and thank those who are there. When latecomers arrive, tell them where you are on the agenda and let them catch up. Waiting to start your meeting until everybody shows up is almost always a mistake. Why? Well, you are basically rewarding the latecomers, effectively training them, and you're telling them that it's okay to come in late because they know that you're going to wait on them. And it also wastes the time it wastes the time of the people who arrived early, and you're basically telling them that you don't appreciate their punctuality. Another responsibility you has as you have as the group leader is to set the tone. You need to greet people as they arrive, and you need to set the appropriate tone. Usually, it will be a friendly and upbeat tone, but it will be a more serious tone if the purpose of the meeting is to share bad news. In any case, always thank the participants uh, for coming to the meeting. If some of the participants are newcomers, make sure they are introduced to everyone else in the room. You should also make sure that the minutes are kept. Minutes is a written record of what occurred at a meeting. Minutes are nice because it keeps track of everything discussed in the meeting. Sometimes you talk about so much information in a meeting, it's hard to keep track of everything that you talked about. Well, by keeping minutes, you have a document that has everything that was discussed. And it also was something that covers your tail. Because if you say that if someone comes up to you and says, oh, we didn't discuss that in the meeting, you can refer back to the meet, back to the minutes and say, oh, yes, we did. Here it is. But can, it can also be something that exposes you, too, because you could say, yeah, we talked about that in the meeting. The participants go back, look at the minutes, and they see that you haven't talked about it. But it's a good thing to have. It's good to have some minutes kept during your meeting. Uh, volunteer someone to keep the minutes for you every meeting. It can be a designated person that does it every meeting, or you could take turns with the participants in the meeting. But just have someone write down the minutes. And after they are done writing the minutes, they should take those minutes because it's in their own penmanship and it's in their own uh, note-taking. They need to take those notes, type them out, and send it to every person that was in the meeting. Every person that was in the meeting needs a copy of those minutes. You should also guide, don't dominate the discussion. You shouldn't be the only one talking. Uh, you need to encourage participation in that meeting. You should ask for feedback. You should ask for questions. If you have someone in the meeting that's constantly talking, constantly asking the questions, constantly answering the questions, just politely say, thank you for your participation, but I would like to hear from someone else. I would like to hear another opinion. Just try to make everyone else speak up. Now, let's flip it around and talk about the responsibility of the participants. These are the people actually in the meeting. Your first responsibility is to prepare for every meeting. You need to take time to review the agenda and the key players. You need to do whatever research 
background reading, and interviewing you need to strengthen your position on the issues to be discussed. Bring any documentation needed. Bring a pen, paper, pencil, all that good stuff. You also need to arrive early. Show up a few minutes before the meeting. Ten minutes is a good, significant time. You should also participate. You should join the discussion and contribute your ideas and opinions. You need to speak up and be heard. Also, you need to have the courage to disagree. There is a theory called the spiral of silence theory. And that is a theory that I uh, really researched in grad school. That was a theory created by Noel Newman. And she said that when people feel like they are in the minority, they will keep silent for the fear of embarrassment, for the fear of being judged. So that would start a spiral of silence. I urge you to not fall into the spiral of silence. If there is something that you disagree with in the meeting, you need to speak up and be heard. You need to speak up and you need to have the courage to disagree. In meetings with your group, you need to do the reflective thinking method. The reflective thinking method is simply a structured system for solving problems. The first thing you do during the reflective thinking method is you define the problem. And you do that. um, Here's some tips to do that. You phrase the problem in form of a question. Instead of saying something like, we have traffic jams on our campus, say, how can we eliminate the traffic jams that occur on our campus every afternoon? That question format helps create a probing, problem-solving atmosphere. Make sure the questions are open-ended. And... uh, Try to avoid questions that just have yes or no responses that they can give. Try to make them think deeper into the question and elaborate on their responses. Avoid wording that suggests a solution. If you say, how can we finance the hiring of more security officers to eliminate traffic jams on campus? You are stating that you already know the the best solution. So you risk cutting off discussion that might lead to a different solution, one that is even better than hiring more security officers. Because when you say, what should we do to fund these new security officers we're going to hire, you're already suggesting that the solution to the problem is hiring more security officers. So watch your wording. And uh, you also need to avoid vagueness. Be specific as possible. Instead of saying something like, how can we improve our campus, say, How can we discourage people from littering the campus with trash? So you went from being vague to not vague by saying what the actual problem was on campus. Also, using the reflective thinking method, your second thing you should do. The first thing is to find the problem. The second thing is to analyze the problem. You should ask questions like, what are the causes of the problem? And what are the effects of the problem? You should also establish a criteria for evaluating your solutions. You should suggest possible solutions and choose the best solutions, and then decide how to implement the solution. You should be very realistic, though. You can't think of a solution that's just going to cause other problems, and you have to be very realistic. For instance, if a college needs more computers for their students on campus, one of the solutions would be to build a computer lab and put 50 new computers in there. But something like that is going to cost $200,000, but you have a budget to work from that's only $50,000. So you're $150,000 short. It's not going to work. It's unrealistic. So you have to be realistic and think of other possible solutions. One would be to buy a bunch of computers and rent them out to students at a cheaper cost than what they would be to buy. 
you know, that would just be an example. Then you will need to decide how to test the solution. Most of the times people do test runs just to see how it's going to look, how it's going to go. They're going to be able to see the flaws, what need, what works, what doesn't work. And they do a little test run temporarily for maybe six months to a year before they actually make it a permanent thing. Okay, now let's talk about team presentations. There are going to be times when you might have to participate in a team presentation. If that ever happens, here are some things that you need to do. The first thing you need to do if you are put in a team to do a presentation, you need to designate the role. Designate roles to everybody. To keep the group on track, you need to choose a project leader. He or she should conduct meetings and they in those meetings you need to find out who will be doing various tasks for instance if you're doing a powerpoint presentations maybe you could have someone build the powerpoint then you could have someone uh, be in charge of getting the room for the presentation whatever it is you should designate a role a role for everyone in the group you should also prepare content Use all of the steps you have learned from an individual speech. Analyze your audience. You should create specific purpose use a, and use a central idea. Develop an outline and gather materials. You need to plan your time. You need to uh, know when the date is due for this project, and you need to work effectively and efficiently to get it done before that time comes. You also need to practice, practice, practice. Practice your group presentation together. That allows you to see how the flow of the speech is going to go. There might be a situation in the speech where you need someone in your group to pull up a video at a certain time in your speech. Well, practice going through your speech like you're doing it in front of an audience and even have the person put the video up during the presentation at the time it needs to be just to practice. It will allow you to see what works, what doesn't work, and what needs to be changed. You also need to prepare for the question and answer period. You should compile a list of likely questions from the audience. For each question, decide the best answer and designate which team member will deliver it. You should try to foresee questions that might be answered or might be asked and then try to come up with a question or try to come up with an answer for it. Plan for emergencies. You need to identify potential problems such as equipment failure or a canceled flight and how you will manage this situation if it happens. For an example, be ready to print hard copies of your PowerPoint slides in case the multimedia projector malfunctions. You should support one another. Remember, you are in this together. You are working in a group, so you should support one another, help each other out. And the last thing you should do is listen to the presentation attentively. Even when you're not talking, you should still be listening to the presentation. While your teammates are presenting, don't be reviewing your notes and checking your, your iPhone or be whispering comments to one another. These distractions signal to your audience that what's being said isn't really important. There are different types of team presentations. The first type is called a... Symposium. A symposium is a meeting featuring a short address by different people on the same subject. It's where a group of people will stand up, be talking about the same thing, but just different parts of the concept. For instance, autism. 
if, if there's a group doing a presentation on autism, one person might be speaking about the diagnosis of autism, another person might be talking about the treatment of autism, and then another person could be talking about uh, living with autism. So that would be an example of a symposium. The second type of team presentation is a panel discussion. A panel discussion is a consideration of a topic by a small group in the presence of an audience. That is where you will see elections, uh, uh, election debates. That is a panel discussion where people are talking about the same issue but giving different answers. There is always a moderator during a panel discussion, and there are some guidelines for you moderators, and I'm going to go over each one. The first guideline you have as a moderator is to arrange the setting. You are responsible for arranging the setting of where this panel discussion will take place. You and the panelists can be seated at a table facing the audience, or even better, you can be seated in a semicircle so that all the audience members of the panel can see one another while still remaining visible to an audience. It's up to you, however you want to do it. You should brief panel members in advance. Well before the meeting, you should give panel members clear instructions on exactly what they are expected to cover in their opening remarks. Before the meeting, prepare a list of items that you think should be discussed. This ensures that no important issues are inadvertently omitted. You should also prepare and deliver an introduction. So at the beginning of the program, you should introduce the topic and the speakers and explain the ground rules for the discussion. You should also moderate the discussion. Give each panelist a chance to make an opening statement within the time constraints and then encourage the panelists to question one another or comment up on one another's remarks. You should maintain friendly but firm control. You should not let the panelists dominate the discussion. You should let each panel member get a fair amount of time and make sure that everyone is showing respect to one another. You should be respectful to all the panelists, including those with whom you disagree with. For instance, in a political campaign, the moderator probably has a decision on who they're going to vote for, but that doesn't mean that they're going to treat that person any different than the other candidate. He needs to be, he or she needs to be fair and balanced while moderating. You should ask open-ended questions. For an example, you could ask, how can we make sure our homes are safe from burglars, rather than asking something like, is burglary, burglary on the increase in our community? And you should end the program at the agreed-upon time. If the program is supposed to end at 9 p.m., the program should end at 9 p.m. Okay, here are the guidelines for the panelists. Let's flip-flop it. These are the people on the panel. If you are a member of a panel, here are some guidelines. The first guideline is to prepare for the discussion in the same way you would prepare for the speech. So, again, know your audience, know who you're speaking with. You should also prepare notes for the panel, but not a written statement. Don't be reading anything because that's just reading from a manuscript that takes away your energy, that takes away your personality. You should prepare notes just like you would a speech. Have bullet points. Respect the time limits set by the moderator. If, for an example, you were asked to keep your opening remarks under two minutes, please be careful to do so. In the give and take of the discussion, be brief. The give and take is where you can commute with one another talking back and forth. And when that happens, 
if the other panelists or listeners want to hear more from you, they will ask. So, you know, be brief. Allow other people to, to speak to. Just don't dominate the entire time. And also stay on subject, meaning you should just resist the temptation to ramble. Be respectful and considerate of your fellow panelists. Listen carefully to the comments of other panelists and members of the audience. And be willing to alter your position. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that pretty much sums up today's episode on the lecture of speaking in groups. So I want to thank you for listening to Off the Cuff Podcast and listening to another special edition of the Communication Lecture Series. I'm Adam Banks. We will see you in the next episode. Class speaker, this a complete system, ain't nothing easier. I used to be shy, never had a clue. I didn't know what 